Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us tonight in this very special episode of the 21st Century Pain Solutions Podcast Show. And tonight, my very special guest is my good friend, Janet Law. Welcome, Janet. Thank you, Wayne. I'm so glad to be here, and I'm so glad that fun is so much a part of the show that you do here, that we're here to actually enjoy every moment even in the pain, even in life circumstance, correct? Well, there you go. You said yes. it all. Let's say over and out if we can wrap it up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Janet, listen, let's go back in time a little bit and just introduce yourself, you know, where you come from and give us a little bio so our audience gets a feel for who you are, the amazing woman that I've come to know in the last six months um, or so. Okay, so there's the 30-second bio, there's the one-day bio, there's the 10-day bio. I'm just going to give you a little snippet, okay? So I was actually born on the west coast of Canada, and I have enjoyed my life being very committed, I would say, to the healing arts and to creativity, to theater. I come from a background of going to theater school and working in comedy clubs, but always the vein of how do I keep self-care and healing as a big, huge part of my life. So I worked for many years in a center that focused on the body, mind, and spirit. And as a result of that, was introduced to many, many different modalities of healing and have continued to work in that field working in prenatal and postnatal health, as well as any kind of modality of health that is going to help all of us to feel better when pain presents itself. So that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. In this moment. It's a wonderful bio. Now we get a little feel from you of Vancouver at heart here. But you came across something in your path and back in 2001 that kind of brought it to a new level, you know, and uh, just share what happened back then. So basically it was and had been quite a wonderful summer. Went to New York City to celebrate a birthday, came back. That was when the Twin Towers came down and a week later I was diagnosed with very aggressive breast cancer. And that cancer journey really took a big focus in my life because all of a sudden I had this image of being in this place called New York City and seeing the destruction of those towers coming down. But for me, it was also this physical body now having to deal with the aftermath. 
because the physical was just a small part of it. I then had to deal with the emotional, the mental, and the spiritual aspect of that type of diagnosis. I think I had felt a few months before that my life energy was waning. I would look into my eyes and I would see that they seemed to be dimming a little bit. I noticed the color of my skin changing somewhat and I felt myself also losing a little bit of weight and not quite knowing what was going on. But then when the diagnosis came, that was such a small part of the journey that needed to follow after that. Right. You, You mentioned the physical, you went through treatment, you know, standard treatment at the time. But yes, let's talk more about this mental, emotional, spiritual journey, because I think we all have this within us. Yes. Whenever we're suffering from pain or got a major diagnosis. Yes. And it's, it's often something I think is not dealt with in a holistic way. And I, I think that's my experience with being in the medical field for, for 30 years now. So let's talk about emotional. What happened around that and how did you bring yourself forward with the emotional side of pain? Well, I think the first thing that happened was when you get that diagnosis, people have a tendency, and certainly myself, you immediately think, oh my goodness, how am I ever going to get through this? And that lasted about 30 seconds in the doctor's office. And then I had to be on to something else. And what I had to really focus on was, how was I going to have self-care? How was I going to love my way out of this situation at hand, this potential crisis and chaos that had come to show its face, I had to hire a team. And that's exactly what I did. The comedy part was very, very important. I immersed myself in watching funny movies. I immersed myself in watching comedians. I immersed myself in all the precious memories that I had had working in a comedy club and all those interactions of just allowing those endorphins that are so important to pulsate through the body and through the cells when the cells have learned to do something different. And I think that was the big piece that happens when you get a cancer diagnosis is you think, oh, I've got to fight this. I never, ever fought cancer. I actually loved myself back to health. And yeah, it took a little while and it required a team of people to assist me at that time. But I had to be the one to first of all, make that decision to deal with the emotional piece of it. What a beautiful statement. You know, you dealt with cancer with love Yes. and acceptance yes and uh, digging deep into those memories yes and um, yourself being on the stage as a comedian for a number of years prior to that you know you knew exactly what that was about what that entailed what well you know i never actually was on the stage as a comedian ah. i worked in the comedy club ah. and i watched the comedians and i ah. i could say yeah i probably could have gone up and done a routine but i kind of stayed a little bit in the background i did the theater part you know on a different stage but just want to be clear about that. Yeah, you won't see Janet Law, the comedian, although I have a very comedic part to myself for sure. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, it's, it's something I've been aware of for a long time as well, this role of laughter. And, you know, as the proverb says, laughter is the best medicine. And there's a reason for that. I think our whole body moves and shakes physical entity as well as all the muscles in your face, as well as all those endorphins and other morphine-like substances that are stimulated from the brain and from the nervous system and, and probably the gut as well and yes. in that humor humor moments and it's such an important thing if we can and i would encourage people to look for the fun and the laughter and the small activities that bring smiles to our face and they yes. just make all the difference and i think your testimony on that is is truly amazing well i really believe that cancer cells are highly intelligent cells they have learned to do something different in the body and so what I had to be committed to was actually bringing those cells back into a healthy state. And that required a number of different treatments. And that's what I would say, too, is to be open and receptive to all of it and to not judge how you think it should be because of maybe your perception of what that word cancer means. It is not a death sentence necessarily, although many people think it is. So let's move on to the mental component, because I think um, that was a big component as well for you. So how did you tie in those thoughts and the techniques to help overcome this situation? Well, I first of all filled my mind with thoughts of affirmations, I had a daily practice of prayer and meditation. I had a daily practice of affirmations that were on my mirror as I woke up in the morning. They were beside my bed as I woke up and could look straight at them. And this was one of them. I am a child of this universe. Therefore, I do not inherit sickness. I am well. And then I would sing my song, Wayne. All the little cells in my body are happy. All the little cells in my body are well. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. All the little cells in my body are well. Every morning and every night and any time in between that I felt my energy waning, I would think those thoughts and they brought peace to my heart. Beautiful. Because we now yeah. know that you know through epigenetics, our thoughts create... Yes neurochemicals and neuropeptides and proteins in the brain, which then circulate in our, our circulatory system and the blood that are taken up by the cells. And then our cells get the message and the blessing of these positive thoughts and affirmations, which then change yes. the DNA expression in the cells and the cancer cells and the non-cancer cells, all our cells are affected by this. And therefore we are literally shaping and creating outcomes and I think what you're sharing tonight is, is wonderful to, to see. Yes, it can even beat cancer. Yes. It's not amazing. Well, and the gathering of the team as well. And I believe that my whole life I was gathering the team. And I think every day we're gathering our team in a certain formation so that when we do come into points in our life, those touchstones, those milestones, we bring the team together that needs to be brought together. So naturopaths, registered massage therapists, emotional coaches, my dear friends, my prayer circle, and 
I remember at 12 years old being introduced to biofeedback and remembering what that felt like as a 12-year-old child being introduced to a system where I could actually see that my thoughts could affect a little machine that I was hooked up to. And that was a great gift that I received from a great teacher at that time. Beautiful. So you had all these, these team members, and I know it's something that you've, as you've grown as a person and, you know, mastered cancer, you've, you've certainly brought those attributes to your current life. And, you know, let's just share, let's go off subject a little bit and let's talk about the yew tree because it's a real passion of yours. Yes, it is. That's the Y-E-W tree. Let's talk about that in the context of pain and, you know, where we're at right now in the world. Well, that was actually part of my treatment as well, was forest bathing, to go out into nature and to feel my connection to everything. And when I would have my treatments, when I was going through this journey, I would always end by going into the forest and touching the trees and being with the trees and feeling the power of the oxygen that was being produced essentially from the trees. And when you hear these five words, get your affairs in order, That's the reality of what happened with that initial diagnosis. And I did get my affairs in order. And I did it in ways that were bringing the body back into alignment. So the yew tree was critical because part of the treatment I got came from what they know as the European yew tree. So I received a medicine that came from the needles of that yew tree. And so, yes, it has a very, very powerful presence in my life and has helped so many individuals on this planet because of the medicine that I have received from the forest. So that's a big part of the gratitude I have for the forest. Yes, I I think it's often something we overlook is our earthliness and our connection with nature we're born of the earth and we return to the earth and we are one with the earth and when we go into nature as my good friend says you know it's like we just balance we just issues can just be dealt with if you're just quiet and are just in the presence of the trees and, and nature and we can't fully explain it I think it's beyond really our our comprehension but there's just something energetic or magical or something just happens and I, I, balancing I, I like that term or alignment with our higher power our higher self yes and poetry yeah. and creativity is such an important part anyways it was for me in terms of my health and there's a wonderful poem called lost and one of the stanzas is you know if you ever feel you're lost just stand in the forest The trees will surround you and keep you safe and know that you are not alone. You are never alone on this journey. And I think it's important when you get any kind of medical diagnosis or any challenge that you may face, to know that you are not alone is critical because we didn't get in this world alone and we're not getting out alone. And it's everything in between and every interaction that keeps us here 
growing and learning mm. and being with one another so that we can live in a peaceful place. Wonderful. Now, you mentioned the fourth component of healing was spiritual. And yeah. It's not something we typically talk about in medicine, that's for sure. But it's a no. part of us, you know, the very breath that we breathe in. The Latin is, the word for breath and spiritual is kind of the same. So it's happening all the time. So for you, what does that mean? You know, when you think about the breath, and for me, the breath is about my spiritual connection to everything. Because when you think about the past, that's going back to a place that is not there anymore. And if I think about the future, that's a place that I haven't gone yet. But when I stay in this moment and I just remember to breathe, that moment is my connection to everything, to this universe, to all things, if I just remember to breathe. So the spiritual peace comes through many different forms for many different people. And I think there's great wisdom traditions that everyone will resonate with. And for myself, it has to do with not necessarily a particular path because for me, the path is this very second. And so then I'm guided and directed to the prayer that I need, to the book that I need to pick up, to the movie I need to watch, to the person I need to connect with. And for me, spirituality is about that particular oneness that goes not only in this world, but I think beyond to the greater universe as well. You know, and I look up in the stars and I see it. Mm -hmm. Not to get all kind of woo-woo on you, but, you know, you don't want to poo-poo the woo-woo, right? It's, yeah, I'm not not doing that, but (laughs) 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 I'm actually a very grounded rooted, planted person. And I recognize that everything has value and every person has value. Be willing to do what it takes. And, you know, when we do that, the work that I do now, I work a lot in prenatal health and as a breastfeeding counselor. And this spiritual aspect at one point in my treatment where the thing that gave my son life had to be removed to give me life. That was a physical part of my body, but it wasn't who I am. I was so much more than just the physical body. We're not just the physical. We can't just identify with our physical bodies. We're meant to to do something with them every day, but that's not the essence of everything that we are. It's it's a part of who we are. Mm. Yeah, it's been beautiful just to spend a few minutes on these different subjects of the emotional component and the mental and also the spiritual or, or the now moment or the breath moment that if we're conscious with it, yeah, really bring us, I think grounded is a wonderful word. Yeah. To, to and you know, there's a few books too. I mean, at the time, like uh, Carl Symington's work on visualization out of California, who was working a lot with cancer clients who had been diagnosed and imagining and visualizing how they wanted it to be. And Spiritual Emergency by Stanislav Grof, you know, that book about the importance of the breath and going deep into the body was important. John Kabat-Zinn, 
his books on meditation and prayer, Deepak Chopra, there's just just such a, a litany of resources that we can access that can give us that little bit of peacefulness that comes from just reading a quote or reading a stanza or reading just something that inspires us every day can be so helpful during these times. Emily Carr, you know, Emily Carr, the great artist and writer, amazing. What Mm. happens inside you when you are inspired by some of these great works? Well, listen, Janet, thank you so much for, you know, giving us several authors there and books that our audience can maybe dive into and and read up on this this subject matter, which I think is really important as we go through our life and deal with the pain and deal with the suffering that comes with with our situations. And Um, go see a comedy show. Go to a comedy movie or get tickets and go to the nearest comedy club in your city. And just feel what it feels like to laugh hysterically. So good for the bones. So good for the cell. Yeah, I I concur. I concur. Excellent idea. Excellent. And as Freddie Mercury would say, keep yourself alive. You know, that's what we've got to do every moment of every day. Think that thought. Keep yourself alive. And whatever that means to you, whatever enlivens this body, this person, whoever you are out there, just Give life-giving energy and and release anything that is taking energy. And that's a really important piece of the treatment that I really put upon myself at that time of that diagnosis was that I committed myself to life-giving energy. And anything that I felt was taxing that energy in any way, I released it and I let it go to its highest good. And that included people, places, and things, anything that seem to be be leaking energy i immediately released that and left that life energy to be growing excellent any final comments of wisdom for our audience tonight i would say it actually is something that came from my son when he was about 10 years old and he said this common sense mom is not so common so commit yourself to common sense And that common sense is that sense that knows what to do and does it, that knows how to think and thinks it, that knows what to say and says it. Do whatever you need to do in that moment to keep common sense will guide you in many different directions if you use common sense. Well, thank you. Thank you, Brandon, for that. Yes. Sam Janet's son. God, love that. Who's not 10 years old anymore. Not 10 years anymore, <laughs> but still. Remember that, people. Common sense. My goodness. Such a wonderful thing. Well, again, okay. thank you, Janet. It's been great okay. to have you on the show. Um, it's been good to see you recently in recent times when we've met up and uh, caught up. So I look forward to doing that again. And hey, we'll maybe get you back on the show in the future. For oh, I would Brad love that. Too. And we'll see you on the next TEDx too. Hey, we've got to do that together again. Okay. Thanks, Janet. All the best. Thank you.